Hello and welcome to the Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, and I'm a functional medicine pharmacist in New York, as well as an integrative health coach and clinical herbalist. I'm pleased to go into season three of this podcast and continue to bring on other holistic-minded pharmacists and healthcare professionals to the show. I'm constantly inspired by my guests and their stories and love sharing their points of view with you all. Please enjoy the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast. I had a blast recording this latest episode featuring a multi-passionate pharmacist and entrepreneur who boldly went after his dreams and never looked back. Robert Kress, a pharmacist who graduated from Temple University in Philadelphia, he became kind of disenchanted with the chemical-dominant-based medical system, and so he took his passion for nutrition and became a board-certified clinical nutritionist through the Clinical Nutrition Certification Board, as well as trained as a compounding pharmacist through the Professional Compounding Centers of America. During this time, he opened his own compounding and nutritional clinic, which blossomed into a complete longevity clinic housing other integrative practitioners. Robert became a certified in quantum reflex analysis, practice of kinesiology and has trained and certified in other modalities such as reiki auricular acupuncture and he's currently a primal health coach and registered yoga teacher as well currently he consults both with patients to enhance their health through lifestyle medicine as well as practitioners to help integrating promote and implement natural medicine into their practices. Robert teaches continuing education courses on lifestyle medicine and functional pharmacy, which is highlighted by the Integrative Pharmacy Specialist Certification training he created. Robert believes that as pharmacists, we are offered the perfect opportunity to integrate lifestyle medicine and functional pharmacy into our practices as its core to the history of pharmacy. Patients are looking for natural solutions for their health, while practitioners are looking towards integrative care to help solve their clients' problems and enhance their practices. So without further ado, let's welcome Robert to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. I am super excited to dive deep today with Robert Kress. He's a functional pharmacist, among many other things, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about in the episode. So uh, without further ado, why don't you just introduce yourself and tell us where you come from, where you grew up, how you got this title, a functional pharmacist. Sure, absolutely. And it's nice to meet you. And thank you for having me on, Marina. So um, I have always been kind of a different pharmacist from the get-go. I graduated pharmacy school back in 94, uh, Temple University. Uh, I'm from the Philadelphia area originally. And um, the reason I kind of got into pharmacy was um, the ease of traveling to different places and be able to have a job. Like it never was a, I guess you could say a true passion at first, um, but it, it had those certain advantages, you know, some job security and stuff like that. Um, although natural health and nature has always been a big part of my, um, my life. You know, uh, I've always liked to spend most time outdoors, hiking, whatever it might be. So as I was going through pharmacy school, I kind of realized, wow, we're not really learning anything about natural medicine, nutrition or anything. So once I graduated, I took um, uh, East West Herb course. It was from Michael and Leslie Tierra out in California. And that was kind of my first like inception into it. And what they did is they covered kind of the core areas of Ayurvedic, um, Native American uh, folk medicine, as well, well as traditional Chinese medicine. So, you know, I started, I lived in this little town called Doylestown. So I started like, um, you know, doing my own concoctions in my kitchen while I'm working at a uh, kind of a big chain pharmacy at the time. So there was a kind of a complete dichotomy within yeah. my existence. <laughs> and then as many people probably know, in the practice of um, a retail pharmacy, how things get busier, at then in the, in the mid 90s, it was kind of the growth of, uh, well, online status, quick adjudication, polypharmacy, treating side effects with more medication. And um, I, I quickly got disenchanted with it. So um, I thought it was a symptom of the area I was living in. So I headed west. 
long story short, ended up in Jackson, Wyoming. Um, so I spent a lot of my time. So what I was running away from quickly caught up for me. I thought I was going to be living in this sleepy little, you know, healthy ski town when no, no one really needed meds except for emergencies and, you know, nature would cure all, but um, it caught up to me. So, you know, it, it, I always was searching for a route the root cause to everything. So I started, um, well, I guess so you could say I continued my exploration and I um, went into Reiki. So I got certified Reiki one, Reiki two. I further went into more mind body medicine, which is one of my favorite areas to get into. Um, teachers like John Sarno, um, Candace Pertz, and you know, all that. So it just kept evolving, evolving. In 95, I told myself I'd be at a pharmacy by the year 2000. I just didn't think it was for me. Although I didn't know what type of pharmacy was out there. So fortunately, at that time, I had um, a student that was an intern for me, and she went back to school. And uh, she told me about compounding. And she did an internship from the University of Wyoming down at PCCA. I'm like, well, that kind of sounds cool. You can kind of have your own pharmacy and, you know, figure it out that way. So uh, long story short, sold the house in Jackson Hole, ended up in Asheville, North Carolina, ran into some uh, couple guys that owned a pretty cool pharmacy. And I'm like, well, this makes sense ended up in Southwest Michigan. And I put together basically my own uh, nutritional uh, pharmacy, which turned into really a longevity clinic. I had um, uh, physicians working for me, uh, whether they were doing functional medicine practice, um, massage therapy, skincare, and everything like that. I ran my own nutritional practice out of there. Um, I became board certified uh, clinical nutritionist, uh, certified in quantum reflex analysis, which is applied kinesiology, which was a really big sticking point for me on how I was able to um, see how the body works together. You know, we're not isolated, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you might go to a specialist, but it's nice to have an overseer to put everything together. So I started to understand how the body worked, applying nutrition that way, continue applying, um, the mind body medicine that way. Uh, I was doing auricular acupuncture, which is acupuncture of the ear. So kind of my growth continued, uh, as of recently, I've gotten more into the physical realm of things. I'm a uh, yoga instructor certified in that last year. Uh, primal health coach as well. So long story short, all of that time, now I find myself in teaching a lot. So I'm still working with um, clinically with patients one-on-one. Um, I do like to kind of dabble into pharmacy still, you know, to do kind of a PRN thing to keep my, uh, my brain in the game, I guess you can say, although I'm teaching a lot of functional pharmacy, which is essentially the advent of lifestyle medicine and functional medicine that comes together. Because as you know, we as pharmacists, we sit in a very unique place in healthcare. Uh, so that's me and that's where I am. <laughs> wow. 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 I don't know where to start. That was like a <laughs> lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm an old man. There's been a lot done. <laughs> yeah. Training certifications, uh, moving around, trying to find a sweet spot. So um, what exactly bothered you about traditional pharmacy that made you seek out all these alternative modalities? It was very myopic and it was not getting to the root cause. So it was basically quieting symptoms. And when we look, a symptom is a, it's a message from within. It's like, hey, you know, you need to look at this. So, you know, it's almost like if you have a child and a child's screaming, well, the child is trying to send you a message if you just say shut up and keep it down you know you're really not addressing the issue to find out what's going on and that's what's happening with our bodies and if we continue to suppress then the issue will continue to grow so that was the biggest thing and um the lack of patient care you know i mean as we've seen as we've seen um medicine evolve i guess in that direction uh, less patient interaction, less p- patient time. And, you know, the research and study shows that whether you're a physician, whether you're you know primary practitioner, or even a pharmacist, um, one of the challenges or the um, things that we don't like about our practice is that we're a lot of people really don't find they're doing what they thought they got in to do, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, insurance adjudications, all that stuff, how we spend our time that way. So, but the biggest thing was not getting to the root. Yeah. Um, Well, a lot of us also get into this from personal issues, you know, personal health journeys or family patient advocacy. Um, Do you have a story like that? No, you know, that's a really great point. And actually, I do. And and the funny thing is, it's like I never realized I did. Um, I come from a family of bad backs, right? So, you know, we are Mm -hmm. we are products of our conditioning. And the, this is this was my introduction of mind-body medicine, actually, not even the natural side of things. So, you know, I have a sister that has had three spinal fusions. Um, 
I grew up seeing my mom, you know, on her back for a while. She never had surgery. She'd get up and go. She'd do it. My father had lower back surgery. So, you know, I was conditioned to that response. And then as I was growing up, I was very active playing soccer or whatever. Then suddenly it's like randomly lower back spasms. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, it must be a genetic thing. Although this is before I even understood epigenetics, or I really understood how subconscious stressors can actually have an impact, you know, into our health, into our life. So um, when I got out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, when I lived there, I was seeing a chiropractor and he, it was very interesting. Um, He x-rayed me. So you could see the degenerations all up and down my spine. So that kind of gave me proof that I was looking for like, oh, I must really have a bad back. When truth is most people walking around have degenerations up and down their spine. You know, my neck is like really racked, but I don't have any issues there, but why the lower back? So, you know, I start on this rehab and, and, you know, it, it fast became what I like to call an identity of illness. Uh, I hooked onto it, you know, and then I would uh, find other people that were doing the same things. You know, we were in a very active town snowboarding a lot. Um, And, you know, if I had a friend that had the same issues, it's like, oh, wow, you know, like, um, I'm saying we've got the same thing here. My my lower back recognizes yours. So, uh, so what happened was I remember when I used to drive to pharmacy school, Howard Stern, the radio guy, I used to listen to him going down. And I remember him saying, this guy, John Sarno cured my back. So I searched it out, went to a bookstore, <laughs> we had them then, and um, I got a couple of his books, Mind Body Prescription, Healing Back Pain, really like Mind Body Prescription. And I continue to understand his work. And <clears throat> the one main part was when you recognize that there is a psychosomatic issue, something that is underlying, um, when you just realize it, you know, you don't have to believe it, but realizing it's a possibility, you can almost find instant relief. And essentially the way he teaches it is something called tension myositis syndrome, that the subconscious may recognize something within the conscious realm that seems threatening. Mm. In our conscious realm, it might not be a big deal, but what the subconscious will do will be divert attention and does that by attributing a lack of uh, oxygen and blood flow to a certain area Mm. and induce pain. So I was like, whoa, it was like one of those aha moments. So I actually immediately started to find relief that way. And well, this was actually after, I'm sorry, fast go back. So I went on this treadmill of training, you know, rehabbing, working with my back. Then I went to see um, an osteopath, um, uh, orthopedic surgeon in Jackson Hole. And, you know, they had the best of the best. So it's like, oh, I'm seeing the best back surgeon, yada, yada, yada. Went in for back surgery in 1998. It was a great snow year. I was kind of kicking myself because I missed about six weeks on my snowboard. But then I was back at it quicker than my doc wanted me to. And everything was fine. I didn't have an ounce of pain or anything like that. Wow. Went down to Costa Rica for about two weeks. Um, beat my back up royally, you know, surfing, driving eight, 10 hours from the coast to the mountains you know, heel, throwing luggage, whatever it was, we were very active then. And on that trip, not an ounce of pain. Came back to the pharmacy that I was managing that I let run on autopilot for two weeks. Right when I walked in, pain right down my leg, sciatica dropped me to my knees. Wow. So I was like, ah, and that's what reminded me of the Howard Stern thing. <clears throat> John Sarno, I'm like, there is something here. So then I further went down through like Louise Hay, if you've ever heard of her, yeah. she's done information like Lincoln, like what emotions how they trigger and what they mean to our physical body. And, you know, I started recognizing certain control issues and that was my path. And um, yeah, so that was kind of the key thing that did it for me. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. It's kind of neat. And now my back doesn't bother me. And if it does, I just have to step back, stop and think, okay, what's going on here? You know? And, um, you know, and so and the awareness, awareness is a positive, a very, uh, it's a big thing, you know? Yeah. So Tapping into our body and actually listening um, can tell us a lot about the subconscious and what's going on and um, what we don't, sometimes don't even realize is a problem for us in our life that we can, you know, by changing something that's going on in our life, by changing our situation, we can actually affect our body and yep. uh, get to that root cause. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think the beauty of that, it's, it goes both ways too. So <laughs> as we fi- stay physically healthy, that actually helps our mental, emotional side as well. So, you know, um, it's kind of a, goes both ways. It's kind of yeah. neat. It's yeah. a two-way street for sure. When Absolutely. 
if you think about it, there's always been kind of a disconnect and a duality between um, studying the mind versus studying the, bi the body, the physiology, you know, all the scientific biological processes that are going on. And then that's yep. always been kind of separate from like studying what's going on with the mind, you know, back to like Descartes, I think, therefore I am, or, yeah. you know, but what is it really, really is just like one organism and you can't separate the two, the two work together and it's mind and body working together all the time and just expressing each, you know, each other's health and they're a reflection and a mirror of each other. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. Yep. And, you know, it was interesting because it was around, um, was it like in the mid fifties uh, through a lot of the, um, this uh, psychiatric texts and stuff like that, they essentially took psychosomatic out of it through the medical text, text, you know? So, and that was a big, as you use the word disconnect um, and that happened, yeah. Yeah, so I think right now we're at this stage where we finally are integrating, you know, and practices like yoga really exemplify how they can work together. It's not just a physical activity and it's not just meditation, it's a flow of one into the other constantly. Yeah. It's both and, yeah. Yeah. So um, what have you found to be kind of like your favorite part of the journey or what taught you the most and how you want to live your life and how you want to serve your patients? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, is simplifying life, simplifying things and getting back to how we were designed. You know, if we look back, we have the same genetic blueprint we had 160,000 years ago, but we were living a completely different life. And life is moving or seems to move in so much faster now. And I think part of that is the advent of technology and it's the advent of our lifestyle, which is much more indoors now than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, there's a global, obviously, movement for health and wellness and getting back outside. Although for me, it's, it really is the power of nature. And it's where everything stems from nature because that's, um, you know, we are beings that walk on this planet and we are of this planet and we are influenced. Just like I said, it's our conditioning. So you can be in a household conditioned by anger, fear, happiness, joy, um, certain health issues, or, you can just let nature do the talking, you know, and, or, or once again, both ends. So I really think it's the simplicity and just the bare bones-ness of let's just start where we came from and then build on that. Yeah, I love that. That's a great answer. And actually, I just find myself also telling my clients just as a common theme, no matter what they're going through, just like simplify your life, take time out to just be joyful, be in a state of joy, do those things that bring you joy and really dedicate some time out of your life for that, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, a, you know, the backbone of everything, like why are we here? You know, we're here to be beings of nature and to have joy in our life, you know? And yes, we're gonna have pain, but I think the whole point is to find a purpose in that pain and um, overcome it and then still find our love and our joy from that. Absolutely. I completely agree. And what that reminded me or actually kind of keyed in as well, you know, there's certain lifestyle issues we kind of, a lot of us forego when we went from children to adulthood, you know, there's a power of play that we should not give up just because we're adults. Creativity, you know, the benefits that come from both creativity and play are just congruent to each other, whether it's uh, critical thinking, whether it's positive emotion. So it's incorporating this stuff into our life. So, you know, and they're the easiest things we often, you know, put to the wayside. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people also don't, um, don't think of themselves as creative unless they're in a creative field professionally. Like, you know, they think only artists or producers or, uh, fashion designers get to be creative, but because right. they're like in a completely different field, they are not creative, you know, they, they don't have what it takes, they can't let their mind like go, you know, from left brain to right brain. Um, and I think if we find different activities, it doesn't have to be exactly what 
you know, the exact definition of creative is. It could be the way you walk to your job, you know, that morning yeah. or you drive a different way or um, the way you try a different recipe to cook with. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be that rigid standard to consider yourself creative or not. It's just finding those different activities that make you feel like you're doing something different and exciting and innovative. That's an excellent point. We get stuck in this like identification of the, the right left brain paradigm. Mm-hmm. And it's that we create every day, whether we realize it or not. I mean, we're creating constantly. Um, so it, you're right. It doesn't have to be Peyton, a, a Monet or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of us just don't even, like you said, value that power of uh, play and we mm-hmm. stay we have to be productive. We have to like be this and that all the time in this box, but we don't think about ways to kind of get out of that box. And we don't know how good it will feel once we're out of the box because we, we just don't allow ourselves to go there. Yep, exactly. And you, you know, play can be part of certain things like exercise. Like if someone like if, say on a daily basis, they go to the gym every morning and they hate it, you know, it's just, they do it because they think they should, or they like the results that in itself is a negative stress response in the body. But when you can incorporate just for instance, play into exercise, you can have profound benefits that way. So you get the movement, you get the exercise, you get the non-sedentary nature, but then you also get the positive emotional level from that. Yeah. yeah. And I want to go back to what you said about being one with nature. I mm-hmm. think like you said, you know, we do have this um, kind of removed relationship from nature a lot of times that humans are kind of different or uh, we're on top of the food chain and like we get to actually design ways that we can have nature work for us or work around nature and things like that. Um, And, you know, it's true that our innovation and mental capacity has allowed us to kind of be more malleable and and do certain things but until we find that real connection like instead of the mind-body dichotomy instead of the man versus nature dichotomy if we actually just accept that we are nature and nature is us and we get to live together and thrive together you know we can't thrive unless the other one thrives we both have to uh thrive (laughs) in order for us to be healthy, you know, like I'm trying to get my clients healthy, but, mm-hmm. um, but also we all are a collective species and, you know, almost like bees with a hive mind. And in order for us to have personal health, we also have to kind of take our place in this grander scheme and um, care for nature and just recognize that we're a part of it. Absolutely. What's the saying? A rising tide lifts, lifts all ships. It, it will yeah it's perfect yeah so I also want to kind of explore what you were saying about how you built your own like pharmacy that was so innovative and had all this functional practitioners coming through how did you build that from the ground up or I think it was a partnership of people yeah so um I've I've always kind of done this build it and they will come thing. And I, I don't recommend it. It's not the smartest thing. Although I often like to find myself just going with what comes my way. And I'm actually in the middle of one of those episodes in my life right now. And um, it's, it's an exciting thing. So with the pharmacy, basically, um, I knew what I wanted. I knew the end result. And um, I, I, so I kind of modeled what the end result would be, not really planning out how to get there, although everything fell in line. So Basically, I uh, put together a pharmacy in the high rent district of a very conservative Midwest town. So my pharmacy was right down from the beach. Funny enough, when I was a kid, see, we had a friend of the family that owned a pharmacy. And I always imagined my pharmacy being close to the water and by the marina. So it's really weird how things imprint in the brain. Literally right down the road was a marina. Nice. I could walk to the beach on break um, or, you know, if I was to choose to take some. So basically worked with some people, put the pharmacy together. As I said, I, oh, I became a member of PCCA. So compounding was the thing. Um, I put a sign up that said nutritional pharmacy. Um, and, you know, I started going through the CCN courses. One of the things that came out to me from that was, you know, the, the component of practice. We're all in practice. So we're building and we're learning as we move along. So a lot of people... 
um, at ICC practitioners, as they start to learn, they never feel like they're ready enough, but there has to be some type of, and we want to get them to that point, but there has to be some element of, you know what, let's just roll up my sleeves and let's see what comes my way. So uh, put a compound in pharmacy in there. We put like a beautiful tea room. This is back in 2004. So it was like um, old school high-end teas from the Orient through Asia. Um, had a couple practitioner rooms. So I built it not with, and I was new to the area. So I didn't have any connections with people around here, but I'm like, they'll show up. So um, what happened was that uh, student told me she had Dr. Pamela Smith for the Teton Festival out in Jackson Hole. Uh, Pam Smith um, has been uh, really uh, one of the leaders in anti-aging and functional medicine. And um, she's like, she loves pharmacists. She'll, you know, and so I called her up. So um, actually I emailed Pam and she's like, I'd love to come speak for you. And she does so much for the compound and pharmacist and the quality of it. And she really is an amazing individual and she's brilliant and she can convey the message well as well also. So basically that's what kicked things off. So new to this community, not even a year, basically in my pharmacy had 70 people in there. It was just packed wall to wall with Pam Smith talking. So that's what started to get the ball rolling. Now what happened was there was no practitioners in this town that knew anything about bioidentical hormones that could not write that were almost refusal to write very conservative, as I mentioned. Now what Pam does is she actually trains physicians um, and then at the time, I don't think she's doing it anymore. I'm not sure they would have like satellite clinics of her practice, basically. So um, immediately she put one in my practice. So that helped a lot. Um, at the same time, I had massage therapists that would come out and he would rent a room. And then, you know, we would just be creative. It's like, do you want to pay me monthly? Do you want to pay me a percentage? I had a couple other docs that were conventional docs down the way. There were internists that want to start getting into skincare. So I had a room for them. Uh, so I had a lot of things going at once, um, started my own nutritional practice. So it was, it literally was, I don't advise build it and they will come, but that's what it was. <laughs> So, so you, and then, you know, oh, I'm sorry, real quick, this is a patient, yeah, this is a patient driven uh, moment, movement. So even though I was in an area where the practitioners really weren't buying it, um, I started to speak more, offer more speaking engagements, I wrote a lot in the local paper. So I kind of build this with my studying and my practice, this obvious expert status. So then there was this mutual respect that gained from this kind of, um, rebel pharmacist per se over here and the rest of the community, because it's the patients that really said, you know what, we want this, we want more of it, please listen. So. Awesome, awesome. So I totally agree with you about, you know, the fear that you just don't know enough, you don't, you want to help your patients, but you just don't know, you know, you have to get the next degree and like, the next yep. thing and um, help them in a better way and serve them in the best way. And until you know everything, you can't start. But it's like, you already know so much more than they know through what you have already undergone in your training. So you could already be helping them in some way, in some capacity, even That's if it's, great not, point. you know, the top most expert level that you aspire to be, you could still provide a service rather than withholding a service. Yeah. And I love that you're withholding, you're basically withholding something that could benefit them from them because of your own fears and your own ego. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. So how, um, you know, how did the whole pharmacy work? So you basically compounded and how did the nutrition aspect of it work? How did you get your training and, um, how did you counsel patients? How did you get into the drug nutrient depletions? Sure. So, you know, fortunately when I went through my CCN through the CNCB, I started with level like the third module and it was Jim Lavelle that started. And if you've ever, you know, been in a room with Jim, you know, he's very passionate about what he teaches and it just, I'm like, this is what I want. So it was from the guys in Asheville. I saw what they were doing, but then the Keaton aspect of that one-on-one -on -one clinical stuff. Um, I mean, I walked away so gigged. If you've ever been to one, you know, it's like after that weekend, I was like, yes, you know, and that, that was it. The other, you know, modules were great, but they certainly weren't to this level of what hooked me. So, you know, I started to see, okay, I'm, I'm kind of getting gigged on the whole nutrition thing, seeing the research, seeing the studies. Um, I always like to bring that food to pharmacy approach. So I did start seeing people one-on-one -on, -one on a general, okay, health history thing, let's sit down and let's dig in. Then what really, like the next thing, next thing that got me was when I fell into, um, fell into, uh, when I 
found out about Premier Research Laboratories, and that was Dr. Bob Marshall at the time. He's since passed, but the company's still there, but they teach a form of kinesiology or muscle testing called quantum reflex analysis. They were a whole food line. And when I started, and I actually found out about them through Jim, but when I came across them and the stuff they were doing, I'm like, oh my God, I found my like, my hippie nutritional pharmacy outlet here. This is what I was looking for. So it was that muscle testing that just switched my practice around completely. So that was like the next evolution. So, um, and it was really neat when you can recognize like in the environment that we sit in, everything around is either given back to us or taken away from us, right? And nutrition can be the same way. Um, thoughts can be the same way. Emotions can be the same way. So you start that really kind of ex extrapolated, expanded things. It, it's like I, I came back to the mind body again, and I brought it into the body with a nutritional focus. Um, so that exploded within my practice, did really well. And then from there, um, I ended up selling my practice. It was after five years. Yeah. And local compounder came in, they really couldn't make a dent. So I was kind of getting tired of being there all the time. So we kind of came together for a bit and um, then I kind of developed, so I wasn't doing the one as one as much. Then I developed a point and shoot practice. So um, another thing that we can do that I think is great. We don't have to sit down for an intensive hour long consult with people. We can, and that's great. But what's ever so I think incredible is when someone can come up to you, you can be their advocate, you can listen to them, you can justify their concerns, and then you can help confirm or make a recommendation within five or 10 minutes to get them on their way in a healthy way, then they can come back to you. So uh, there's so many different ways we can incorporate a nutritional practice, a wellness practice, um, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, I like to call point and shoot, um, but it all services the patients, yeah. Yeah, and I think pharmacists are a perfect example of a person who has that five or 10 minutes. I mean, assuming they're yeah. not swamped with immunization and documentation and all that stuff, which they usually are in chains. Yeah. But if you do have a few minutes um, in a smaller pharmacy or in a setting where maybe you have those few minutes, um, yep. even in herbal shops, I have interned and I work at an herb shop. So we kind of do mm -hmm. the same thing as pharmacists where we listen to a person and we recommend an herb or we and a pharmacy can recommend a supplement or talk to them briefly about their medication and, um, yep. you know, just counsel them. So all part of that counseling, right. And you, you could talk to them about nutrition or lifestyle while you're counseling them on their medication. Yep, absolutely. And that's the thing. I think that's important. I think there's a couple of key areas, um, that we'd like to hit, you know, I will talk to them, you know, um, quick things, you know, okay. Tell me about your exercise. Tell me about your diet. Tell me about your relaxation strategies. And I always said that I'm not stressed. I don't have any stress in my life. <laughs> you know? So, you know, just from these like, like four or five core talking points, you know, what medications are you on? Oh, you're on that stat. Well, you know, let's talk about CoQ10 or, you know, you're on all those cardio drugs that can maybe be pulling out magnesium or whatever it might be, you know, so we can do a lot in just a little bit of time, which is nice. And oftentimes for the practice, that practice that also has a one-on-one, -on -one, that's the gateway that gets people in. It's like, I can spend five or 10 minutes with you, but if you'd really like to sit down, we can also do that. Right. So how do your sit downs look like, you know, what, which of your practices do you incorporate? It, does it always look like the same kind of, uh, you know, structure or do you cater it to the person? Do you use Reiki or kinesiology or what do you employ? Sure. Well, I, I'm not, I haven't been doing the kinesiology for a number of years, nor the Reiki. So um, especially as, you know, in this era of uh, onlineness from COVID and all that stuff, everything, you know, I'll meet with people now um, at a local cafe and stuff like that, or we'll go on Zoom, right? Um, so that's essentially what it looks like. And I do like to incorporate everything, all the lifestyles. So I am, I'm definitely a food first approach. I need to know what needs to be removed. And I think it's a removal before even adding in. People have to understand the challenges of their diet and what's leading to where they are. Um, and then we'll talk about the movement. We'll talk about the stress management. And then we'll talk about the other lifestyle issues such as, okay, what are you doing to fill your creativity? You know, a lot of times we get into a talk of just what's purpose here, you know? Um, I had a recent consult the other day. We just met at a cafe and, you know, one of the main topics was years of anxiety and some antidepressants off those. And it was essentially someone, it was a female who cared for uh, four children uh, and kind of, you know, did the housewife thing and raising children, which is quite noble. And it, it gave back to her, but she never really also did that thing for herself. 
And that's where the conversation went. So where she initially, she was like, can you help refine my supplements? It's like kind of went into, now let's refine my life and my, my path. So. Yeah. I think it's always like that. Like uh, somebody may come for a specific problem, but then you discover like a bigger root cause for that problem. Exactly. Why up in the first place. That's exactly it. Um, so how do you assess for nutrient depletions and things like that on the consult, especially if it's, you know, long distance? Sure. You know, a lot of times it's from a dietary assessment and nutritional assessment. So I don't do a lot of testing, honestly, um, especially the first time out of the box. If we are talking about application of hormones, yes, we're going to be testing. We're going to go in those directions, but, um, I'm not a big, I'm I shouldn't say a big tester because I'm not a big tester, but, and I don't want to put a negative light on testing. Let's see. You there? Sorry about that. Good, we're good. Um, although um, I think a lot of really things had to start from the bound, the ground, the basics. So uh, we can get into that, but I don't really do any um, functional testing and nutritional depletions, to be honest with you. Um, if I work with some other, I, I just don't like my practice to be modeled that way. If I work with other functional practitioners and stuff like that, we can get the patient in that direction if need be. Um, I'm meeting with someone actually, uh, she's been an old client of mine for a long time. She sees a functional medicine practitioner. So they test her to the nth degree, which is wonderful. Then I come in to talk to her. Okay, well, let's see how we can modify this. And then we have a nice communication going back and forth. So nice. Yeah. Um, how, do you, how did you gather the research for your drug-induced nutrient depletions that you share with your sure. patients? Yeah, well, a lot of it um, came from the Drug-Induced Nutrient Depletion Handbook. There was one that was, um, and then there was a pharmacist guide. So both of these were created by Jim Laval, Ross Pelton, Ernie, I forget his last name, a couple others. So there was two books. I think they're both out of print. So that was the inception of it. Um, but then, you know, Google Scholar and PubMed. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I they fill in the holes on the show too. Oh, did you? Great, yeah, awesome. Great. Um, yeah, love Ross. Yeah. So, okay, what else do you do in terms of, uh, by the way, for the testing, I completely agree with you. I think there's a lot of baseline things and just symptom assessment that can go a lot, mm -hmm. a long way before you, you feel the need to go deeper with the testing. Um, yeah. Sometimes there's a need for it and, you know, then that's when you do it. Yeah, you know, because sometimes we might do the test and start adding before we even say, well, what's draining it? Yeah. You know, so let's stop and take a breath and look there. And, you know, there is a reality of pill fatigue, you know, and people get overwhelmed and it can be quite expensive too. So uh, where we have this need, and, you know, I think that brings up another thing. Um, a lot of times in the functional practice of realm, um, people get on nutrients, but then they're treated like drugs. Yep. So there's not this revisiting of, okay, can we take this away now? What are you doing in your life to help with the stress? You know, do we need this? Yeah. You know, I, I most of my clients are going to be walking away with some nutrition. Absolutely. But, and um, I think we also have to be uh, aware of the fact that um, the goal should be, okay, they're here for the here and now, most of them let's repair and move on hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I think, there, I, you know, several things come to mind. So absolutely. I think some of the supplements and the nutrients are treated like extracts, like isolated extracts that mm -hmm. your body's missing. So now we have to go in and, you know, replenish those things that you're missing. Um, just like what drugs do, they repair a mechanism that's broken. They replenish something that's not there, but then we're missing that whole food piece and the whole spectrum that plans have to really offer us and how they mm -hmm. work together synergistically and we haven't researched it and I don't think it's possible to research how it all works synergistically you know we just can look at how it's traditionally been used and um, you know the safety profile is different too uh, of whole plants versus extract so we really have to you know know what we're doing or we can just um, use the more whole herb and whole food approach in order to kind of really be well-rounded. You know, I did, you, that says so much. And I think probably a perfect example for that would be iodine. So I'm a big fan of iodine. And I think a lot of people in our society, oops, 
culture are um, depleted, right? But when you look about it, you know, you can get something like a high dose where people are getting 50, you know, milligrams a day, which is way hyperphysiologic. They might need it, but that often shouldn't come from a general point and shoot approach. That should have to do with some testing that's involved in it for sure. When a general plant-based, if we can get about a milligram a day, right, of iodine that comes from like what people in Asia are consuming through their seafood. And yeah, so I think that's a great point you just made. Yeah, sea vegetables, seaweed. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like start low, go slow approach also. Mm -hmm. And whereas um, if you get an extract and yeah, it could really just go high dose from the beginning. Um, and then it's yep. hard to tell what's going on. And with the iodine, you have that risk of getting an avoider, whether you're hypo or hyper. So it's, you know, that's something you really have to be careful with too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how do your visits generally look in terms of each visit? Does each visit focus on an area or is it just all the areas constantly being uh, revisited? Well, a lot of times I like to look at what the chief complaints are. So I'm going to look at them and then I want to see how that applies to the whole body. Then I'm going to see within usually that first 30 minutes where that conversation is going to take us, what we've learned off the health history. Then we're going to target in on and say, you know, one or two main things to focus in on and maybe add some ancillary things there. But I think the idea is why are they coming to me? I want to make sure I get them feeling better right away. And at the same time, Let's see if there's anything we're missing to get to that route as well. Yeah, awesome. And how long do you clients generally work with you? Is it ongoing refinement or do you tend to see results within some certain period of time or magic number of appointments? Yeah, no, a lot of times you can see results right out of the box and it really just depends what they want to do. So I've got I've got, you know, a general program that people can go through. That's kind of like a 90 day thing where we have continued uh, visits or, Hey, if they just want to go one off and we can see how that goes and then we'll reach out. And oftentimes they'll come back for one more, a follow-up um, or they like that program. It's like, okay, we just settled down on that. Now let's get to this level. So it's individualized for the patients with a general structure of what I have to offer. Yeah. No, but I as I said, the point and shoots, you know, they can just go where people are like, all right, that's great. I'll come back for five minutes next month, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You get to serve a lot more people just um, on a more surface level. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Area. Yeah. All right. So I know you also have a program for other pharmacists or practitioners that want to kind of learn the modalities that you use. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I teach CEs on functional medicine, have been for many years. Um, through two different outfits. The one is um, freece.com, part of PharmCon. So what I created with them and reached out was a a functional, basically it's called the Integrative Pharmacist Specialist Certification Course. So it is CE modules. So the first module is based the lifestyle element. So we talk about diet, lifestyle diet, look at Mediterranean, look at um, the blue zones, you know, and all these things, look at primal and paleo, mostly indigenous things. Uh, and then we talk about stress management. We talk about movement, exercise, the generalities of it, uh, drug-induced nutrient depletions, and then how you can kind of incorporate uh, nutritional medicine into allopathic medicine. Yeah. So that's level one. Now, level two, we just came out, which I call core metabolism, meaning our metabolism is basically sustaining all life forces within us. So it's not just about weight loss, although we cover modules to really dive in to get in the questions and answers, how we can really some protocols, how we can really help our patients, uh, everything from thyroid, um, all endocrine areas, insulin, um, testosterone, progesterone, estrogen. Um, so that's um, so that is that area. Now we're creating level three, which is going to get delve further into immunity, inflammation, cardiovascular, and that whole realm there. So uh, it's been a really neat process and it's been taken by thousands and thousands of pharmacists now, and I get great results. So it's, it's very neat for me. It's very cool to see after all these years, when I started teaching these, there was, I had more hecklers on board, (laughs) you know, like that's not a gold study standard or whatever. Um, But there's this greater acceptance now. And I think it's one out of belief and it's two out of pharmacists really want to help people in an integrative way. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you think that pharmacists are using this in their point and shoot kind of uh, mini consults practice, or do they use it in, in, in building out their own practices as well? 
It's both. It's both. And you know what? One thing that I love to hear is when I teach these uh, CEs is when they say, you know, I'm implementing this in my practice and in my own life, own life. And I think the biggest thing that we can do is walk the walk and talk the talk. And when we can practice it with ourselves and our family, it's so much better the way we can deliver it to our patients. So, but now I'm seeing them doing it in both ways. And it just depends their setting, you know? A lot of them want to get off in the way of like, okay, I can still do my, you know, 40 hours, my 30 hours as a pharmacist, but then I can start my own health coaching practice and start working with people that way. Yeah. So the first one you said is offered through freece.com. And then what about the other two levels? Same, same. So uh, level two was just released last month. Um, and level three, hopefully after the first of the year, we should have that out. And how long is each training? They're about six hours, six or six, about five to six, five to seven hours of two of them right now. The third is probably going to be dialing in around that. I never know till I'm complete because when you start putting these together, it's like, oh, wait, no, that's an ad. So, and in the meantime, I create other uh, functional CEs to kind of help plug the holes, right? And, um, and we're actually, and I'm getting ready to release Functional Pharmacy University, which is essentially um, connecting the dots. So we've got these hubs of learning, but now this is going to be that, um, you know, we need to keep the conversation going, you know? Uh, so this is going to be basically uh, filling in in between. So it's kind of a regular monthly continuity. So that should be released within the coming weeks as well. Wow. Amazing. So it's to complement all that. Yeah. Yeah. And is that going to be through another platform? That's going to be through my platform on functionalpharmacy.com. Cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Neat stuff. Fun stuff. Um, what did I want to ask you about the functional credits? Um, let me see. So they're probably home study courses, right? Yeah. So, um, the one that goes live, like right now, like someone can get on and it's all home study for level one for level two being, that's the new live one. The first one is a live oh. CE that you get on and then the rest is home study. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I know the kind of like the big emerging field of study in anti-aging and chronic fatigue is the mitochondria. So is that something that's covered in your courses or maybe will be in the future? Yeah, no, we're going to be hitting that in level three, but that's also the reason why I started to um, put in this functional pharmacy university. So I could put a training on mitochondrial dysfunction that maybe wouldn't make it to like a big core course that hits like, you know, the 80, 90% of our pharmacist public, you know, population, but dials into those smaller areas. Yeah. Awesome. That's a great question. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait to personally go and check that out. I have a free CE account. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to be checking awesome. that out for sure. <laughs> and, you know, it's like two birds with one stone of keeping up with your CEs and yeah. learning some functional medicine. Um, yeah. So uh, do you have like a couple more minutes for our rapid fire questions? Sure. All right. So number one is, um, what's your number one recommendation for somebody to improve their quality of life right now? Get outside. Nice. Get outside. Okay. That's, that's easy. Go for a walk. It's not easy to do all the time, but definitely. No, or, or bring the outside in. You know, like for instance, sometimes if you live in a city area or something like that, you might walk out and you just have these big buildings that are black in the sun and, you know, it might not be that for you, but it's still getting outside. But I think it's also good to bring green in. So let's bring the plants and let's just get back to nature. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah. So it, yeah. even if the outside is not always accessible, like you don't have a balcony or a front porch or a backyard, you could still go to a park or you can bring some plants indoors. Yep. Pictures of that. Um, oh, one more thing too. recognize rhythms. You know, we are rhythmic beings and I believe there's so much power in recognizing ultradian rhythms. You know, we've got our circadian rhythms that are day to night, night to day. We've got these mini ultradian rhythms that go through the day, which essentially says we can work hard and strong and focus for like an hour, hour and a half, but we need to disconnect 10 or 15 minutes. And that'll just give us so much more back. End of the day, we'll get more done feel more rested and more ready to engage with our family and our loved ones. So that's the other quick one. <laughs> oh, I love that. So like yeah. tapping into the high power structure, but then giving yourself little breaks to kind of disconnect like the hit, the H I I T behind yeah, it. Yeah. Just the opposite of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you know, that works for your body and that also works for productivity and things. That's a great point. Yep. 
All right. Um, number two, what is your favorite pastime or hobby? My favorite hobby is either hiking or skateboarding. Skateboarding. So, yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got a, I mean, I used to do the bowls and stuff like that, but I just got, you know, a long board with a land paddle. So um, I just like to get out. I'm about a mile from the beach here on Lake Michigan. So one of the biggest things I just do is hop on and just go for a skate. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, and then number three, what's your favorite beverage? My favorite beverage. Um, I've been really hooked on kombucha lately, um, but it comes down to it. It's water. Yeah. I just like water with a little bit of lemon and some sea salt. I think that's perfect. Mm. What, yeah. what do you have in your cup there? Well, this is coffee. <laughs> 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 Might not be my favorite. It's my necessity though. <laughs> So good. Yeah, I have an herbal tea going here. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, Robert, I had so much fun. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, connect with you, get that free um, nutrient depletion chart, yeah. and, uh, your new courses. Sure, absolutely. Thanks. So you can find me on my website, which is functionalpharmacy.com. And right there, you see you can download a free um, drug-induced nutrient depletion chart. Socially, uh, Instagram, Rob Cress, FRX, as in functional rx pharmacy um what that's instagram it's also facebook um and oh so freece.com and if you go up to the learning area the learning tab that'll actually show the integrated pharmacy specialist training so yeah so that's where you can find me i appreciate it awesome yeah i think me and you uh, met on linkedin so um you can be found there as well oh yeah linkedin too yeah. <laughs> thank you no problem I'll have i think it's robcrest frx too yeah <laughs> i'll have that in the show notes so people can just link up with you and um yeah so thank you so much for spending the morning chatting with me and um hopefully we'll keep in touch absolutely great to meet you and thanks for having me on you too take care now have a great one bye-bye Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast, and I truly hope you enjoyed the show. If you learned something new from it, I would really appreciate if you can give us a five-star rating and a sincere review so that more people can find it across the podcast platforms. To get in touch with me, please go on rawfork.com or email me directly at marina at rawfork.com. Take good care and I'll see you back here next week.